On today's episode, we have Morgan Nagel from Heck Designs and Photography. Morgan has spent the last five years building a nationwide wedding photography brand and team. Recently, her nationwide brand went international. She is sharing her ups, downs, and in-betweens of growing a multi-six-figure photography business. Let's listen as she shares her journey with us. Welcome to the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. I'm Jen Bays. And I'm Sabrina Chapman. And, and we're, we're your, your hosts, hosts this, this season. season. We're so excited about this season and all the incredible guests we've had on. This season, we are diving into several topics with various professional photographers across the nation. From talking about the importance of balance to successful mini sessions, building a national brand, and more. Our goal was for you to walk away with tangible tips, inspiration, and resources to grow your own photography business. So grab your emotional support water bottle or your favorite mug and let's dive into this season. Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back. Today we have Morgan Nagel with us with Heck Designs and Photography. Hi Morgan, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? Good, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Can you tell us um, a little bit about your business? I run Heck Designs and Photography. We mainly do weddings. And we're based in Nashville, Tennessee, but we really service a lot of the U.S. And we even do international weddings as well. We have a team of photographers and videographers that really take care of our uh, brides and grooms. And yeah, that's pretty much the majority of it. We're still very hands-on with our couples. It's not like a big company where you you don't get to know your photographer and like it's a hands-off. It's still a very hands-on experience. And very high-end experience while still having a huge team and continuing to grow. If y'all don't know, Morgan came on the podcast, I don't know, a couple of years ago now, and you were really ramping the team up at that point. Like you were starting to really build the team. And we talked about like the tips on building a national brand and where you all were going at that time. And now you have a much bigger team. You've done nationwide for several years now, and you just went to your first international wedding. That was, was it 2023? Yep. Yep. August 26th, 2023. And then where will Heck Designs be doing weddings next year, 2024? So we have a wedding book in Ireland, Jamaica, and France. And I think that's all we have for international at the moment. We're in the process of booking another wedding in Norway uh, at the moment, too. That is incredible. I'm just so excited for you. Like, just you and I have been friends for so long. And just to see your business, like, grow and expand and all of the fun things has been incredible. But it's not all sunshine and roses, as anybody who runs a business knows. So I really want to talk about just kind of the good, the bad, the ugly of building a brand like this and ensuring that, you know, you still have time for your family. You just had a little one, which is so exciting. I know that was a big transition. So talk us through what that has really looked like since the last time you were on the podcast. I think like the biggest thing since the last time I was on is learning how to outsource. That's been my biggest uh, learning curve because I am such a workaholic and like, love my job and love to work. But I think like knowing 
where is going to make us the most money and get us the most bookings and outsourcing the rest of it is super important. So for me, I thrive in sales. That's like really where like I, I love to be. So if I can take the most sales possible, that's going to be the best thing for my team. And so that means outsourcing social media, outsourcing editing, shooting, all of the things that I can possibly outsource, marketing, anything like that. Those are like the biggest things that we had to outsource in order for us to grow exponentially. So that's probably been the biggest learning curve and figuring out how to do that. And then also like having a schedule and then the learning that you have to be flexible, especially with a newborn. Those are been, been like big things that have happened for us lately. I love that. I mean, as you know, I'm a big advocate of outsourcing and delegating. And it's something that I've enjoyed seeing you really step into over this last 18-ish months, I would say, right? You know, I think you you found a gem. I mean, you work with several gems, but like a special gem to us, you know, to, to outsource and do more associate shoots with and do the editing on the team. So what has been, aside from giving it up, because I know control is, is difficult to let go of in these situations, but aside from that, what are some other obstacles, challenges you had to navigate as, as you delegated more and as you grew the team? One of the biggest problems that I've encountered is realizing that just because you're invested in your business doesn't mean that your team members are as invested in your business. And I get an amen. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I know you can wait to. Absolutely. But um, that's been a really big thing for me. Um, You know, we, we book weddings 18 months out, two years out. Rarely are we less than that. Like at the minimum, we are like 12 months out. And so I try to assign photographers pretty quickly. That way, like everybody is set up, everybody knows who they're with. But then, you know, occasionally we have people that are photographers who are like, hey, I can't shoot this anymore. And it's like two months out from the wedding. That's been our biggest struggle, um, especially lately. Uh, We've had this happen a few times. And especially for October weddings, it's really hard. Uh, Any wedding photographer knows that that is our busiest season. And Finding somebody of quality who can shoot uh, last minute is really difficult, especially because, you know, a Saturday in October, every wedding photographer is booked, any good wedding photographer is booked. So like, what are we going to do? And so that's been a struggle for us. Lately, we've definitely found some hidden gems um, who, you know, maybe just like aren't as good at marketing or don't really want to run a business full time or don't really love the editing part. So they want to associate shoot more. So it's finding those hidden gems that are really, really helpful for us. I would say like, that's our biggest struggle. So where have you found the most success on finding people that are, are a good fit for, for the business? The biggest like resource for us is Facebook groups. I just posted in, like an Indiana group. And I make sure it's just for photographers. I never want a potential bride to see us and see like we're searching for somebody last minute. So I always make sure that it's just a photographer's group. I also don't want other vendors to see that either. That's really important to me to make sure that it's 
this is just a photographer's situation. We, we don't, this isn't a normal thing for us. I don't want to try to find people last minute. Um, but I make sure we're in photographer only groups and I have a, a Google form that I have people fill out and that way I can reach out to them and get stuff scheduled. And every every photographer who comes on our team gets on a zoom call with us that we make sure we're good fit personality wise, because that is really, really important to us on our team. And I make sure I at least see two full wedding galleries. I ask them how many weddings they've shot. And I ask for a complete gear list. I have a really specific qualifications for wedding photographers so for like for gearless, I need to make sure that they have two dual slot cameras. That is not, there's no exceptions in that. They have to have that to make sure that we're like all good with everything. And that there's no issues with saving files or anything like that. Luckily, I've been in the industry for a little while. So I've, if I don't have anybody on my team and uh, that's available, I will go to my friends first uh, who are in the industry that who typically don't like shoot for us full time. I'll go to them first and be like, hey, do you have this date available? Like I need somebody to associate shoot. And then if they don't have any, I ask them for recommendations if they have like people they've worked with. And then that's a good way for me to vet it, vet people too. Is so I know like, hey, my friends have worked with them. They know what personalities are like. They know what gear they're doing. They know like what their work looks like raw without any editing. So those are like the big ways that I end up vetting vetting people. I know for me, I've had to really change, update, improve my hiring process over the last couple of years. And Sabrina can attest to this. Like she's seen the behind the scenes of the SBTL hiring since day one. And it's interesting what you learn each and every time you go through the hiring process. So what are the things that are red flags to you when you're looking for photographers or videographers to join your team? One red flag is not having done a lot of weddings. Obviously, like that's like an obvious one, but some people will reach out and they'll be like, hey, like I'm looking to learn. And I'm like, no, that's not what we're looking for here. Another one is when I post something, sometimes I don't always post the Google form just because like I need something for a specific date and not just like hiring in general. And if they don't follow the instructions like I've posted, that's a big one for me Um, just because I want to like, I'm like, hey, can you post a gallery in your full gear list? And then they don't do that. That's a red flag because I'm like, well, are you going to follow directions for everything else? Another thing is not having any flash experience for me is a really big one, especially like if they don't have anything on their website to show that I get a little concerned, especially if they've sent me a gallery that doesn't show any flash work. Like it's like a small wedding and I'm like, "Mm, okay, so can you handle like a 300 person wedding? Because that's what we do. Like we're not elopement photographers. I mean, we will shoot elopements, but traditionally our weddings are like between 150 and 250 people. Like that's pretty typical for us. So um, making sure that they can handle those, those big weddings is really important for us. That's a really good point. I hadn't considered like, you don't need associate photographers. Like you said, that are getting started and learning. You need associate photographers that are actually pretty established 
in in the industry. So it really is finding those hidden gems that don't want to do the marketing, don't want to do the sales, and really just want to grow with a team. Or are even just looking to fill in their calendar here and there. I have plenty of friends who I like will just text and be like, hey, can you can you shoot this date? Like, I don't know if you're available, but and they're like, oh yeah, like I don't have that date booked. Sure, I'll shoot it for you. I mean, we our one of our closest friends does that for me all the time. Um, and she's got eight weddings on the calendar, or no, she's probably shot 15 weddings for us just this year. And it's just because that's how it works out. She just hates the marketing part. Yeah, she does. But she's amazing. And sales. And sales, yes. So have you gotten any uh, real doozies or flops in associate photographers? And if you have, what do you do? You save it the best you can. So I um, I really try to get everybody to second shoot with us beforehand, before they go out on their own. But that doesn't always happen. But I actually did have to fire somebody last year. and. I, you just like save it the best you can. Usually like things are pretty salvageable. Thankfully, like we have the technology now to like make it happen, but you just know not to hire them again. And also like sometimes like we've had second shooters who are maybe just not a good personality fit. And if I have one of my team members on it, I like, I'll ask them, Hey, what do you think of that second shooter? Are they worth hiring again? And usually give me an honest opinion. We just had that a few weeks ago too. They're like, I wouldn't hire the second again. I, we, I, she just wasn't a good fit. So, so you recently went international. How did you get to that point? So I'll be honest. It was kind of by accident. Our first international wedding we booked was supposed to be in the U.S. They were getting married on Sanibel Island in Florida. And then Sanibel Island got hit by a hurricane and it, you know, was decimated, unfortunately. And so they had to rethink what they were doing for their wedding. And so that's when they switched to the Dominican Republic. So they had already booked us. And so we were, they switched. From there, we've been able to like just build relationships with clients who are in the US and are doing destination weddings. That's typically what our destination weddings are. They're US-based clients who are traveling international. So they want somebody they can trust. You know, and they can, you know, do the engagement session in the U.S. and then they'll, you know, bring us international for the wedding. So and a lot of them will have like ceremonies in the U.S. as well, because it's just easier to legally get married here and then do like a ceremony uh, internationally. And so a lot of them like will go shoot a ceremony here in the U.S. and then also go for their international. Yeah. So it's like really about building those relationships and like making them trust us in order to take uh, take us with them. What's it look like when you travel internationally for a wedding? Is there a lot more preparation or a lot more work that goes along with it? Or is it pretty similar? I would say it's a pretty similar to what we do when we travel in the U.S. for weddings. Because we do a lot of weddings all throughout the U.S. We're based in Nashville. But this week I have a wedding at home. But next week I go to Pittsburgh. So, you know, I've got to travel to Pittsburgh. Then I go to Missouri. Then Arizona. So it's really a lot like when we fly in the US for weddings. We always travel two days early at the very least. International weddings, that means we need to arrive two days before the wedding. So depending on what that means, time with their time frame and everything and time zones. And then a lot of times, like for especially um, if you're staying at a resort, uh, we work a lot more with planners and uh, travel agents then just because then we don't have to coordinate transportation and things like that. 
European weddings I find are a lot easier to navigate than the Dominican or Jamaica because you're not in a third world country. So to me, it feels a little safer, especially like, you know, renting a car and driving. I feel like that is easier to do than, you know, I would not have driven in the Dominican Republic. Like you couldn't have paid me enough. I was so scared just being a passenger. So I feel like that's a little bit easier for us to navigate the planning part of. But again, we always arrive two days early. We have to look at what restrictions there are as far as like planning international weddings. Like Canada is very strict about, you know, bringing a photographer in for for a wedding. Like they're like, well, you should just hire somebody here. So Canadian weddings are a lot harder to do. So you just have to like look at restrictions like that. It comes down to a lot of like working with the couple and getting to know your couple really well, because a lot of times we're going to stay in the same place they are too, or even be on the same flights as them over there. We've talked a lot about the team and, you know, building your brand internationally and that kind of thing. I want to talk about the CEO side of it for a minute because you've had, I feel like you've had several transitions over the last, I would say like two years, three years. So you started the business. And it started to to grow. You decided to do the associate team. And that took off. And then we added a very hard pregnancy to that mix. And you were still shooting weddings. And I know that your pregnancy was really hard to navigate as far as different things. And now you have your you have a multi-six-figure business with the newborn. So how has that looked transitioning from really being like a full-time wedding photographer and that being the business to now you're, you're firmly in the CEO seat, you're running a team of 12 to 15 people, plus your contractors to help you run the business as far as marketing and emails and that sort of thing. What has that transition looked like as you also had to navigate starting this new chapter in your personal life? Thankfully, this has always been the plan for me. Um, And I know that sounds like really weird to most people, but like since day one, this has been my plan. So I've known, I started my business in 2017, I think, 2018. It was 17. Okay. Thanks, Jen. And so uh, that's always been my goal. And like with that too, I've also had a big move. We moved 500 miles in the middle of that too and had to reestablish ourselves. And so it's always been my goal for it to look like this. So the transition's been, I wouldn't say easy, but it's at least I knew what the plan was. And also it's very helpful that one of my business coaches did the same exact thing. And when I hired her as a business coach and it was, and it wasn't like I hired her and like she was doing this and that's what I wanted to do. It was, this has been my plan. She's done this. I'm going to hire her as my business coach because she's done this. And so it's been really helpful to like model myself after her because she built a seven figure photography studio in California. And so it's been real and she doesn't do that anymore. And so it's been really easy to like be like, Hey, like what did you do in this situation? And it's been actually, I have a, I have lunch with her after this to go. She's introducing me to somebody else to hire on our team. And um, so it's been really like in that aspect, it's been easy, but it's really hard 
when you have to sit down and you're on these calls with clients and you're like, this wedding sounds amazing. I want to go shoot this. And then you're like, wait, 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 that's, that's not what we're doing here. And I know you've seen that from me a lot. We've talked about this and like Ireland was one of those weddings where I had to really sit down and think about like, am I able to do this? And I had to have a conversation with my husband and be like, we'll have a nine month old. Yeah. Are you okay with me leaving the country for a week and going to shoot this wedding in Ireland? Thankfully, he's like, this is a dream location for you. Absolutely. We're doing this. But it's it's one of those things now where like I have to limit how much I can do. One, because if I limit the amount of travel I can do, our team can grow more because then I can do sales. That's really hard for me because I really love to travel. And I was also just talking to my other business coach about this yesterday because he's like, why haven't your sales been great this month? I'm like, well, one, my kid isn't sleeping. Two, it's wedding season. I've been traveling. And the more I travel, the the less time I can be in front of my computer taking Zoom calls. So that's been probably my biggest struggle with like this like whole CEO transition is learning that like, no, you're a business owner first, you're a photographer second. So make sure you think about that because not only are you you and your family dependent on your income, but now all of these other people are too. I think that's such an important lesson that also that took me by surprise when I I really started transitioning to the agency with successfully on the lens too. I was spending so much time with my own clients or taking on my own projects or whatever that the team really wasn't taken care of the way they should have been. And it's been a it's been a transitional period over the last probably 18 months for me in the same way. Like I left, you know, I've I've parted ways with all of my one-on-one clients and now my focus is the sales and marketing and te- and team development. And I've had I had a conversation with Sabrina back in February of this year where I'm like, I really want to take this client on. Like she's like so much fun. It was a great personality fit and Sabrina's like no you can't take this on because it doesn't fit. I'm like, damn it. Okay, fine. (laughs) So it's, it's definitely something that I don't think most people building a company in any, in any way, photography. Yep. Is, is, I don't think it's talked about. Prepared for. Yeah. I don't think it's talked about enough that you have to step away from what like the passionate part that started your business in the first place to actually step into the CEO role. It's really hard. And it's it's almost emotional because you're like, this is what I love. This is what I want to do. Like I love building these relationships with my clients. And then when I like don't get to like be there for their wedding, I'm like, oh, like this stinks. Like there's one wedding in October that like I am like our friend is going to go shoot and we've just built this like a such like beautiful relationship with them. And I'm so, and it's at a dream venue in Nashville. And I'm like, I don't get to go shoot it. I, I don't get to go shoot it. Cause I'm going to shoot another wedding. And don't get me wrong. I love the wedding that I'm going to shoot because it is one of my best friend's weddings. So like, I can't really be mad, but still it hurts my heart a little bit that I'm not going to be there for Lindsay and Noah's wedding. Because 
you know, we've built this relationship with them. I was there for their engagement session. I was there for their boudoir session. I was there for their sales calls, for their timeline calls, all of these things. And so, but it also makes me so happy when I see their sneak peek come in. And I'm like, look how good these look. Because I knew you were going to kill it. And then you get to be so proud of your team. Yeah. Are your associates involved in the relationship making with your clients? Yeah. So um, we we try to make sure that they know who their photographer is beforehand. Um, so that when we do timeline calls, we'll we'll do calls for their um, timeline. And so they get to meet their photographer then if they have an engagement session, they'll do then. And usually we're in like group chats with them, like me, their photographer and the client. So that way, like we get to like all be part of this together. Yeah. I don't want them to just show up and not know who, like who anybody is. That's not, that's not the kind of brand I built. I don't want it to be like a George street type situation like no shame on them and like what they've built. They've got an amazing company, but that's not the structure we've built. We're very like high end and luxury. And I want our clients to always feel that with us. So yeah, they are part of the relationship building. Well, and I think it's important. Well, not just important. I think that's what sets you apart It with your brand is you're not you're not hiring turn and burn photographers. You're hiring photographers that this is their full-time business. Like this is what they do full-time. Their, your experience is what makes, you know, the brand successful. So making sure that your team is up to date and they meet their photographer and they have an incredible experience from day one is I think what sets, what, what sets you apart from other photography brands that do similar packages. Yeah, for sure. And that I will say, going back to your point about like, you get the sneak peek in and you're like, Oh my gosh, my team like knocked it out of the park. That's one thing that I it's probably my favorite part of being in the CEO seat, as I like to call it, is, you know, I get an email from a client like, yes, absolutely. I want to renew my contract for another nine months. Like this person's amazing. Or you get a Voxer chat or the you know, whatever the case may be. And just knowing your team is taking such exceptional care of your clients and providing a good product is just one of the coolest feelings. Absolutely. Like it doesn't get any better than that, than like knowing that like you hired the best team and like you can be so proud of like not only like the work that they've done, but the work that you've put in to build this company. And like, And unfortunately, that means like a lot of like SOPs and a lot of like, you know, of the really boring shit. But that's what it takes in order to like build this business in order for you to like get the fun stuff. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. I, It's something that we talk a lot about on this podcast is making sure that you have your your team and your system and your SOPs set up to see success because you can't you can't run that level of a business and not have things running smoothly on the back end at least 80% of the time there's always going to be fires there's always going to be something that breaks there's always going to be something you have to like figure out on the fly but if your system's in place it's going to be a lot easier to navigate than not having than just running by your seat of you know running by the seat of your pants all the time flying by the seat of your pants sure 
Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. It's fine most of your pants. Uh, and I think also having like a good support system around you too. Oh, 100%. Not just like in your like family life, but like in your like business life. The professional relationships you surround yourself with. Yeah. And like, you know, having people there who are like in similar, like similar business roles to you. Like one of my friends, like we have a shared associate list um, because we shoot in similar locations. And so we've like gone through and done the work together and we're like, okay, so this person's like primarily on our team, but like, if you need them, like, that's fine. Go for it. So um, I think that's super helpful too. First of all, thank you so much for sharing like all of these tips and tricks. I would love to find where, or I would love to find out like where you hang out, where can our audience check you out? Where do you spend your time? Uh, I spend most of my time on Facebook. Uh, you can reach out to me personally on like my personal page is always open at Morgan Nagle um, or heck designs and photography. Um, our Instagram is um, heck underscore designs. Those are like primarily where we hang out. So awesome. Okay, Morgan. So wrapping up our episode, we like to ask everybody three little questions. So our first question is, what is your favorite business tool and why? Ooh, um, my favorite business tool is probably Close. So I use like a combination of CRMs, but Close is my CRM that I use to track all my leads. Uh, and it just like works for my brain a lot better than like a lot of other ones. So Close is like definitely my like number one tool in business. Okay. I haven't heard that one. I'll have to check that one out. If we, you're in Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. So if we came to visit you in Nashville, where would we go for drinks and what would we have? Um, well, every time Jen comes to town, we <laughs> always go to Chewy's, which I know is not like a Nashville based. So like, let, uh, let me give a better answer. Um, so when friends usually come to town, I like to go to Assembly Food Hall because it's, Jen has also been there with me and also got lost on the way um, (laughs) for like an extra mile. But um, it's a food hall that has all local uh, restaurants in it. And so anybody can get what they want. But I usually get the pharmacy burger while we're there. And it's because it's like my favorite. But anybody can get whatever they want. And then we just come back together to eat. So that's my favorite place to go. That's cool. That's a neat concept. Oh, my gosh. It's phenomenal. I've eaten there probably three times now, and it's just so good. And then we always go get ice cream afterwards at Jenny's downstairs. I love ice cream. Well, of course. On brand, right? Yes. (laughs) Okay. And our last question is, what is your favorite quote? So I actually have this written on my, like a sticky note on my desk, and it's designed for a long-term perspective, not just today. Oh, I like that we're not just doing everything for like for today. We're looking at the, at the long term. So things might not always like, you know, turn out exactly how we need them to today, but if we're consistent and keep going, like things will turn out. So. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Well, Morgan, thank you very much for um, coming onto the podcast with Jen and I, we've, I mean, you've taught us so much on, how to grow the business, how to go national, international. Um, I appreciate you sharing all of your tips and all of your knowledge with us. And we will talk soon. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. 
Thank you so much for joining on this episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. If you are loving our content, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to our channel or left us a review. You can always hang out with me on the gram at Success Beyond the Lens. Hope to see you guys next week.